Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. (laughs) Is anyone else tired of weather? Winter, I'm ready for spring. My plants are ready for spring. I'm tired of shoveling. So at the garden center, so we were, we the whole team came in, what was that, Thursday or whatever, scraping off a foot of snow from the garden center. And uh, we're, we're analyzing how this snow was to the previous week, to the previous week and how light or heavy or snow or how, how the shovel got underneath it. And I'm going, you know what this means, folks? Because what? What, boss? Going, uh, we've had too much snow. We don't want to know the differences. We're just done. Let's get, let's get, bring on some spring. So it looks like we got a few days clear now. So which is good. Um, you can even with weather. This is kind of hard for you folks from the tropical climates, Southern California, Phoenix, Tucson, Palm Springs. Uh, but but you folks from the Midwest, you're going. Oh, I got this. A spring. Is a this is a good time to plant trees, evergreens, a, a peony, a, a perennials that are just starting to show up. Fruit trees. This is your time. Uh, now, a lot of folks will say fall is for planting. You hear this promoted often, and and where it gets really cold, that and stays cold. That's true. Fall is the best time to plant. Here, I notice that fall fall is a really good time to plant as long as you remember to water through winter. Now, we've had quite a bit of moisture here this this year, so not so much this year, but, but in the past, people plant, they'll water it, you know, three times, and then their their landscape crew comes in and turns off the irrigation uh, starting November 1 or whatever, and now the plant sees no moisture through winter, and then it, we have a winter kill, dieback, things happen. So I find now is actually... A better time to plant. This is a better now through March, really through the end of the month, middle of April is your peak, peak, peak window for spruce, pine, fir, Arizona cypress, cedars, junipers, for fruit trees, apples, pears, cherries, apricots, nectarines, for uh, big shrubs, uh, eleagnus or silverberry, uh, red tipotinias, cotoneasters. Uh, for lilacs, this is your time. It is absolutely the best time. For scythia, absolutely the best time. Plant them now. I know there might be some snow. We might see some weather. It doesn't matter. These plants, they like this kind of weather. They like the cold. So don't be afraid to put your, your bigger plants in now. You want them in the ground before they wake up. And, and garden centers, we, we've loaded up even with the snow. Here's a snowstorm. We're unloading two semis of trees, perennials, uh, shrubs, because we're gearing up. we got to be ready. It's not like spring is here, now bring the plants in. You want the plants in so that they wake up or they acclimate to our... They're, they're, they're coming online when all the other lilacs or, or quince or, or all the other apples or all the other purple leaf plums are, are blooming they'll bloom on our same cycles. So we're gearing up a season ahead, or while it's still cold, we want those plants here so they're used to the cold. 
And so there's a reason for that. I mean, next next week is our spring open house. It's our 61st spring open house. We've had to fill up the garden center, two acres, over two acres of plants. We've had to stock up like in just in, in just a few weeks. And so it doesn't matter the weather. We're bringing plants in that are ready for this weather. Now, we don't have summer blooming. We don't, we don't have tomato plants yet. They don't like the cold. But um, lettuce does. Spinach does. Beets do. Kale does. There's a whole winter series, and we're stocked up with those. Uh, we don't have zinnias right now because those are summer-loving plants. Begonias, we don't have those. But we sure do have pansies and violas and Johnny Jump Ups. And, and uh, we've got all the other spring bloomers that can take this kind of weather. So my, my uh, pansies had a foot of snow out of it. It was ridiculous. It's crazy. I'm so tired of snow. I just went, when I was out sweeping off the, the weight, getting off all that weight off of my evergreen trees, I just swept them off my pansies. And sure enough, they were popped by the end of the day, popping up through the snow in bloom. They were happy as could be. So you can definitely plant some of those things now, especially if you're starting off slow, got a few containers you want to start. Just start. Put them in. They're fine. They're acclimated. They're used to this kind of climate. They're, they, they'd rather, in fact, most folks make the mistake of planting them too late. It gets too warm for some of these plants. So you put in, um, let's say, cauliflower or Brussels sprouts. You put in Brussels sprouts too late, and they're starting to form. You're seeing your head that you're going, oh, this is going to be so great. Fresh, fresh broccoli. Oh, it's going to be so great. And then it gets warm. It gets up to high 80s, 90 degrees, and they just bolt. You're actually you're harvesting the flowers for many of these plants. So broccoli is a flower. You're just harvesting that great big old flower, and if you don't harvest it ahead of time, it just bolts. It explodes into this yellow flower, and it's pretty, but it doesn't taste very good. It starts to get off flavor. It gets bitter. So you want to plant those when it's real early. I think the potatoes show up next week. So potatoes, garlics, onions, those early. You plant those now, early. You plant them in March. So they've got time to elongate. You you backfill that trench. I've got a handle on how to do that. So if you're into potatoes, come see me. There's nothing like fresh potatoes right out of the garden. Oh, my gosh. You'll never go to store-bought again. They just aren't the same. So they, they, there's a way to grow those. So now I know it's been weather. I know that some cold is freaking some people out, going, I don't think I can do this, but you can. In fact, I put an all-call out during that last snowstorm a few days ago. I said, hey, if you want success with wildflowers, just sprinkle the seed on top of the snow, have it melt with the wildflowers in there, and it will be 100% success. And so a few folks came in, saw the post, went, oh, well, that's interesting. Really, you could do that? These are hardcore gardeners. They're here at a garden center right after a snowstorm, reading your, following your post, and they're going, really? Yeah. That seed just, as the snow melts, it melts so fast, it and then right afterwards, that ground heaves. It actually freezes, thaws, freezes, thaws. So it's this cracked-looking, soft kind of kind of uh, soft-looking soil. It almost swallows up the seed, so you get a hundred percent germination rate. It's amazing. It keeps the birds off because the ground is freezing, the 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 uh, thawing, and 
It's, it's a, taking in all that seed. It's just a really good opportunity. This is the time to fertilize. Oh my gosh. Take advantage of this weather. Fertilize now. The plant, same thing. The, the snow will actually take it and it'll up bury that, it'll bury the fertilizers for you as the ground heaves, freezes and thaws, freezes at night, thaws during the day. It just kind of, it almost gobbles up the fertilizer. So you get better uptake for your plants. Plants are actually, they are not, they are not frozen. They're actually working. The roots are thawed and they are taking nutrients up, up this tree, up, up the roots. Give them some food. That's a good time to plant. Give them, get them in the ground because they are actively, as soon as those beds swell and break, the roots go just like that. But a bump. So put them in the ground so they have, so, so you get all that root on those plants. I can't, can't emphasize that enough. You've got a big maple tree, a big uh, uh, aspens. Now is the time. The selection is tremendous because garden centers are bulking up. But then most importantly, you get them in the ground so as they leaf out, they root out. And so before summer hits, say the end of June, July, you've got twice the root mass underneath the, that plant so you get you get a better uptake, get better success. So anyway, got, got a lot in store for you. Uh, just I know it's frustrating. Gardeners are just so tired of the weather. Me too. I'm with you. But there are some things that you can do. This, is, this will actually help you in many of those ch- garden chores. Uh, be right back after this. Got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are people talking about? And are they even gardening? They're just in hibernating <laughs> right now. That's kind of what they're doing right now. It's early March. It's kind of what you it do. Is. It is. It'll turn around. We're still unburying from snow and hey, but the moisture is excellent. Oh, you know, I, I heard something. Uh, they had the some guy that measures snow for SRP. <laughs> I forget what his title was, but snow he's in measure. the front. Well, no, he's wanting to know how much moisture, how much water is in snow. Because lighter snow is less water, heavy mm-hmm. snow is more. But he was up at uh, Mormon Lake, 
-hmm. up by Flagstaff. Flagstaff. And they've got, I don't know, five, six feet of snow up there. He had a, some sort of ballast. He was explaining the whole tool. But right now they have 15 inches of water. If you were to take well over a foot of water and lay it over the entire mountain region of that area, at least, mm -hmm. it's probably all the White Mountains, Mugion Rim, Flag, uh, you've got over a foot of water just sitting there waiting to release. They're fully expecting to fill up Roosevelt Lake Bartlett Lake, that, that whole reservoir system where the verde and the salt mm -hmm. kind of come together. They fully expect that to overflow. In fact, they're thinking about releasing water this week to go into the groundwater. So nice. ground, they're, they're not going to uh, use the groundwater this year. They're going to use the reservoirs. So it's super encouraging. Yeah. Now, if we can just do that for Mead and Powell, then that'd be exciting. <laughs> well, that's from this called Rockies, right? That's what the snow Rockies. melt from that, yeah. which right. I think they've been hit pretty good too they have we'll see yeah. i've seen that lake powell mm -hmm. rise over 50 feet in one summer yeah. but it's not now no it's the snow melt right that does it so anyway it's yeah. encouraging definitely so we we like it here because we have time to train the newbies <laughs> all, and get them used to the plants right. training Work them until blood comes from their fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> unload those uh, trucks. Unload the trucks. Faster, faster. <laughs> There's another one. Let's go. <laughs> so we've we've got time. When it's just right. packed with people, mm -hmm. it's harder. Definitely. But hey, it's all good. We yeah. got garden questions. You want to answer yeah, some? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Well, our first one was from Shelly in Shelley. Prescott. So she had a seven-foot blue spruce that the snow broke the top out of it oh, yeah she just wants to know will it grow a new center top or is it doomed to just look weird for the rest of its life no it's not doomed shelly you're okay you can recover it'll take a little bit of work but it's pretty easy work let me just show you what seven footer you can easily get up there with a yeah. step ladder or whatever but that top is not going to regrow you're going to have to grow a new top mm -hmm. so there's a lot of damage on trees with this last system. It's a heavy snow it's heavy snow yeah. and so what to do so you're going to cut out it's going to hurt you just cut the top <laughs> it's not going to grow back or if it does it'll be cooked you know yeah. crook necked take the longest leader so out of that next layer of branches coming out sideways take the longest strongest one or just pick one take a piece of bamboo and tie it up have it be your new leader so train it to be your new leader don't let it go sideways force it up without breaking it be gentle uh, wait for a middle of the day, afternoon. It's it's pliable. Mm -hmm. Force it to come up, and it will naturally be your new leader. So it might take a year or two, but it'll look a little Dr. Seussish for for a moment. Right. But by this time next year, you'll never know it broke. That's an easy recovery. That's pine trees, spruce, yeah. any of those guys. They'll all you do you repair them the same way. Should you do it in steps or just try to get it to go up? All at once. All at once. Come in, get a piece of bamboo, some get tie some tie tape. tape. There's a stretchy green tape that doesn't girdle it. Tie it as best you can. Be gentle. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're using basically you're creating a splint for that that new new leader. It broke a limb. Yeah. You have to train a new limb. Okay. Next question oh, is from fertilize, fertilize, oh. fertilize. <laughs> Force that new growth to go. I should have yeah. just mentioned. So fertilize like crazy. It'll force a new growth to come up. And literally, you'll never know, Shelly. You, you'll be fine. Okay. 
Pat in Prescott Valley wants to use Spartan junipers as a screen along a fence. Yeah. So her question is, how far apart do those Spartans need to be planted? Sure. And part two, she wants to put some shrubs in front of it to kind of soften that yeah, look. Good um, and wants to know what would be easy care and kind of drought hardy yeah. to put in front of those. So Spartans are drought hardy and easy care. I mean, just about nothing easier. Right. And they get up, you know, easily 10 feet by six feet. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to space those, if you want a wall, if you want a living green wall, you're at, you basically take their width and then that's, you're going to be your spacing for those. So every six feet, that should do it. Um, I think you don't need a green wall if you're going to put a layer of, you're going to birthday cake is what we call it, right. put a layer of shrubs in front of those to get this tiered effect, more garden-esque effect. Mm -hmm. So a secret garden kind of thing. There you might space them out every 10, 12 feet, put a big shrub in the in the middle. So it's Cotonias, Redtifotinia, uh, there's Eliagnus. Uh, there's there's other smaller spreading junipers, a mm -hmm. different color. So Spartan junipers are really green. Maybe you go with a, a blue Fitzer oh, in yeah. between. That would be a good contrast. Or, mm -hmm. or uh, Euonymus, go with gold with that bright mm -hmm. green Spartans. So that's one. Take a picture. Pat. Yeah. Come to the garden center. Don't just do this by email. Take a picture with your phone, an iPad. Come in and say, hey, here it is. How how help me design this? Mm -hmm. We'll help you. We'll space it right there in the aisle for you and help you with the shrubs in between. So we do that. This is what we do for a living. And we enjoy it. So we'll help you enjoy it too. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're cranking along yeah. right here. <laughs> Two good questions in the can. <laughs> it is. It's, it actually is getting, the questions are getting better. It it's is. Awesome. You can tell spring is coming. <laughs> yeah. No more houseplant <laughs> questions. Now we're out in the yard. <laughs> so Mac from Chino purchased a home that has several blackberries and raspberries. Wants to know when they should be pruned, how far back they should be pruned. And now is, is now the time to feed. Yeah, Mac, that's, that's actually a good question. So, these are brambles, so your, your berry plants, the ones that heavily produce, your raspberries, blackberries, boysenberries, berry and berries, they're all basically variations of the same. They're brambles. If left unchecked, they'll be so thick, you'll never be able to reach the berries on the inside, towards the middle of that right. bramble. So you kind of want to thin them out. Plus, they produce better on second year wood. So if you know that, so that big cane that grew last year, that's the one that is going to produce all the berries. And not all, but the really big juicy berries. That's the, the ones cane. You want. The ones that produced last year, mm -hmm. they kind of they take a break. It's kind of, eh, I'm done. I'm not doing that again. And so those are the ones you cut out. So you're going for last year's fruiting wood, cut it, and encourage brand new vibrant canes coming out every year. And those are the ones that are going to produce. So the ones that are up right now, those will produce fruits this year, and you're going to mark those. Okay, I need to note to self, nice. cut that out next winter. And then encourage new growth, new, brand new. They'll grow 10 feet in one year. Mm -hmm. and, and so encourage that. So fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. You'll get berries. They'll be as big as not golf balls, but darn close <laughs> to it. If you really, if you really treat them well, right. they can be really delicious. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. So it's not a bad idea to tag right. the ones that produced this year, yeah. tag them with some tagging tape or something. So you yeah. know to prune those back. Um, 
for next year because sometimes they just get so yeah like, it's hard to tell which new, one what was old so we put uh, uh bird tape on ours right but right when they're still green but starting to show some color the birds are going oh look at that that looks really good i'm going <laughs> for that one put flagging tape or bird tape on that one right mm -hmm. then they get flutter they get flustered um and, and it's, they get used to it after a couple of weeks so you kind of want to do it a couple weeks prior to the fruit harvest it keeps them off and then keep that on there mm -hmm. through next january february march that's when you prune your brambles your grapes is when you prune all those things keep it on there so you know that's the one that produced last year i, I was keeping the birds off cut it right back to the ground mm -hmm. uh, nothing left and then encourage new growth to come out after that. So right. that's kind of that's good advice. Yep. Okay. With that, we look like we're out of time. I know you got like two other that's questions. Okay. They'll just next have to time. wait till next week or come talk to us. We're here at the garden center. When it's snowing, we have more time <laughs> to answer mano a mano, just questions, just real personal questions. Well, not too personal. Garden <laughs> questions for you here at the garden center. Be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants of March are Prescott Pansies, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Oklahoma Redbud. Oklahoma Redbud grows to just 16 feet tall. This local native is super easy to grow. Vibrant red flowers cloak the branches of early spring. Luscious heart-shaped leaves emerge with a soft pink tinge that matures to a vibrant green. Shop the brightest blooming trees in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Just as soon as this, this the ground thaws, actually the ground is thawed, as soon as the snow melts and gets out of the way, you can walk on your gardens, not get all muddy, you really do need to get done pruning those perennial flowers. You need to remove the mulch you put over top of, let's say, your roses. Kind of spread that stuff out. Work things in. Get your soils ready. You should really get done pruning uh, all of your fruit trees. Get done pruning all of your, your, your summer blooming sh uh, shrubs. Uh, fruit trees should be pruned now. Get done. You, you, sh you should feel some angst and some pressure. Uh, your ornamental grasses, uh, that's pampas grass, coral forester grass, all those should be pruned back. You should feel the pressure. They need to be done like that now. Uh, the question that keeps coming up this week, should I be pruning my roses? Yes, March is your time. Get done. Uh, 
So prune those things back, you know, your typical three to five canes, knee high, get out, get those big beefy canes, get those out of there because flowers come from the best roses, most fragrant roses come from the lighter green canes. So do those things. This is not a lesson on how to prune, it's just now's the time. Go ahead and spray everything in the yard when you're done with horticultural oil. It's a, it's a fine grade oil that will wipe out all the bugs and eggs. Mainly it's the insect eggs from last year. It cleans it all up. So these are all things I'm, I'm pretty much done. Got a few things to kind of wrap up, but I'm, I'm pretty much done. Here's what I'm doing now is fertilizing the entire landscape. And most importantly, fertilizing is probably the most important. We take that. But I'm also, I, I hate weeding. Weeding is the bane of gardening. I, I despise everything about weeds. Uh, so they make products called weed and grass stoppers. So while I fertilize, at the same time, while I have that same hand spreader out, I have a granular weed and grass stopper. Just it slings it out there across the rock, in between the flower beds, around the roses. Does not affect plants that are already growing. It only affects the seed, so it keeps weeds from ever coming up. So as that seed generates, I mean, there's going to be so many weeds. It's gonna, it's gonna be a wild weed year. If you don't get on this, you're gonna be a slave to your yard. Weeding, just we, I hate weeding. Weed and grass stopper eliminates 95, 98 percent of all the all the weeds. Just gets rid of all the work. And so get, take advantage of the weather we've had. Sprinkle it right on top of that snow pile that's still left out there. Put it right underneath those trees where the weeds kind of come up along the fence line. Put, put the weed in ground. A bag of that will cover, I can go from memory, I think 5,000 or 70, maybe it's 7,200 feet. It goes a long ways. So up and down the driveway. Uh, just it, Weeds will grow on top of that weed fabric. Uh, in between the weed fabric and the rock, dust and stuff gathers. And so weed gets in there. So it'll eliminate all those weeds, the dandelions, the whorehound, the goat head, the, all those things that come up at you. It'll get rid of all of those. Most, I would think right now, if you're into fruit trees, uh, fruiting plants, let's say uh, berries, grapes, uh, your, your raspberries, blueberries, uh, herbs, if you're into edible kind of, kind of, I'm going to harvest my yard and really use it as a food source, as a hardcore supplement to the grocery stores, to my Costco run. Um, now is your time to fertilize all of that. You really need to be on this in the next couple weeks. Fertilize everything. Before they wake up, fertilize everything. And so if you're not sure what to use, I make a, we, a my own organic fruit and vegetable food. So it's a 644, it's lots of meals, completely organic. So blood meals and bone meals. But I've pelletized it so it's easy to spread. But mainly, I bumped up the calcium level in that. So calcium is what brings out the size and the flavor of your fruits, your berries, your vegetables, your herbs. You'll get just sweet, melt-in-your-mouth sage, oregano, oh my gosh, uh, mints. They're just so easy to grow here. But a little bit of food will really get that sage. It looks kind of winter beat up right now. Oh, if you fertilize it, it will take off. And in three weeks, it will look, you'll be harvesting sage and you won't know what to do with all of it. So cut it back, fertilize it, 
and it will just ignite with growth. Things really are taking off my roses. You really need to get on roses, kind of prune them back. They are actively budding and growing right now. I know they took it in the chin a little bit with some snow earlier in the week, but shape them up, prune them back. This harsh, bitter cold is done, so you're not going to get this damaging, kill things back cold. It'll, it'll be it'll be frosty, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be this. That's nine degrees out kind of stuff kills things back. So you can safely prune back those. Uh, autumn sages, Russian sage, all your roses, things that you're kind of holding off on. I think it's good to go. When you get done, spray them back with with the uh, horticultural oil and fertilize everything. Uh, one one other little uh, insider tip: your evergreens. While you're fertilizing, give them some aluminum sulfate. That one, it's it's a mineral. Aluminum sulfate brings them out so the green is just rich green. The blues are silvery blue. Your Colorado spruce will be the bluest you've ever seen with some aluminum sulfate combined with the all-purpose plant food. Oh, it's like the magic duo that makes everything pretty. All right, got more for you. Got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden, well, with her segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now, welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. This segment, segment, segment four, this is your segment <laughs> every year for years. Why would I forget? Um, Lisa comes in and shares with us some new things that are going on in, in her gardens mm-hmm. and get a different perspective of gardening or what's what we're seeing at the garden center. What the, the latest, greatest thing that just offloaded. Oh my gosh. The insider tip is right here. That's what this segment is for. Yep. And so welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Do back. you want to share Austin, Texas trip that we had last yeah. week? So kind of some new, some new uh, lane jeans coming in. <laughs> jeans, babies. <laughs> Coming into our family. It's very exciting. So we went to visit our oldest daughter and her husband, Jeremy. They just had their first child, a little boy. So we have another grandson. So three grandsons and one granddaughter now. Um, Cutest little peanut ever. His name is Benicio Vidal. We call him Nico for short. Yeah. 
So we went just to help out. She got home. She just, we thought, oh, we'll come help out so you can get some rest. Um, and he's adorable. And I'm not just saying that because I'm grandma. He is adorable <laughs> and just such a good baby. Oh, my goodness. So we had Easy fun. going. Yeah, oh, easy so going, chill. baby. Yeah. I don't know why. Just chill. So. Loves being outdoors. Loves the sound of birds. Yes. Loves music. Mm -hmm. uh, just... uh, outdoor lights, like like dim, not like bright, glaring, like stadium lights, but just dim lights yeah. that change patio out lights. in the patio mm -hmm. lights. Loves that. Yeah. So we had fun. We got to see our other grandkids, too, while we yeah. were there, and our daughter, Meg. So we had a wonderful time. Yeah. So, Kate and Jeremy, congratulations on your first We Want more we'll just let you know <laughs> so, no pressure we should share with everyone so so our grandparent names are we weren't able to pick the first so mine oh, is yeah. pop pop which is a good one good strong name see like mine pop -pop. all the good ones were taken mimi <laughs> nana mama they were all taken so i went with yaya which is actually fun because it's easy for them to say. Oh, they they pick it up like that. <laughs> I mean, just quick. And it's nice because there aren't that many yayas around. So when you're out with the grandkids and they yell yaya, you know they're yeah. probably it's your kids talking to you because there aren't too many around. <laughs> I was at uh, I took them to a museum. I uh, forget where. What last time we were visiting? Up at I forget where. So it's crowded. There's lots of people. Kids are everywhere. Got our grandsons are in there. And uh, I hear, hey, pop up, pop up. And the cutest little black gal came through, just cute as could be in a dress, just cute. She's yelling pop pop for her <laughs> grandfather who's sitting right next to her. Hey, pops, how you doing? <laughs> That's the same name, is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> gotta love grandkids. You do. So this segment, we should share some garden sure. content. But first I had to bring in some color. So we were in Austin, which was like, I think about 80 degrees. Yeah, it was warm. Came the, back the here. buds are blooming. Then. Oh. Full bloom. And the, and the pears are all blooming. Pears, it was, yeah. You could tell spring was hitting there. And then we come back here and it snows eight inches. Uh, yeah, I know. So. <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had to pick a little pot of color and bring it in to show you guys. So this is a little viola pot that we have here at the garden center and you guys can't smell it, but Oh my it smells so good. goodness. It is. This is wonderful. not so small. This is a big, way bigger than my hand. It's an eight inch pot. Yeah. We'll put it that eight way. Inch pot. There you go. Be wonderful. A little patio table, um, just out by your front door. And it does smell really good. So violas, this probably has three or four different colors of mm -hmm. flowers. It has probably 50 flower buds on it. So all over. Something we seeded mm -hmm. like two months ago, right. wanting to bring it in for this time of year. Because these like this kind of cold. Mm -hmm. You like bring it cool. right outdoors by your front door. Have it fill up that yeah. front entrance with this fragrance. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be happy, happy, happy. Definitely. What is that? 19 There you go. 20 bucks. You can have a just a huge bowl of... Mm -hmm. delicious spring color. We also have some hanging baskets oh. of the Cool Wave Pansy, which is the pansy that drapes down. Yeah. Uh, and I love that they're hanging baskets because so many people kind of fight the javelina yeah. and you can hang it up and you can just taunt the javelina. <laughs> <laughs> Go look at my basket you can't get to. So Javelina yeah. are getting so smart if you left a, like some patio furniture out, they might push it over, climb up. <laughs> I go after the hanging basket of because they like pansies and violas. Right. They're delicious in your yes. salads. 
and in their tummies. Yes, they do. So like kind of keep them out of the reach or put them behind a, up on a deck or patio mm -hmm. or someplace where they can't get to them or hang them. Right. Hanging that that the wave patoon or uh, wave pansy, pansy. is bigger than this viola. It's got a mm -hmm. great big traditional flower mm -hmm. and just gets big long tendrils. Down. Really pretty. Really nice. Yeah. So some other stuff that we've gotten in. And so this is stuff that we get like one time a year. So yeah. this isn't, we carry it all year round. We get this in the spring. You tease. And when they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Okay. So um, pay attention and come in <laughs> if you I'm want trying. some of these things. So the first one, and last year we couldn't find this. This year we've got it, is the Eternal Fragrance Daphne. Yeah, sure. So it is a... Uh, evergreen little shrub it blooms with a white flower that is so incredibly fragrant it's yeah. more than a gardenia more than roses yeah. oh yeah combine them all that's right. what that's what daphne is it's amazing likes a little bit of shade so we got to find some shade for it here but um just a nice little shrub that's going to maintain itself it's not going to get overgrown it's yeah. evergreen uh, so that's definitely one to check out the other one that we got last year, but when it's gone, it's gone, yeah. is the Mediterranean Heath. Yeah, good point. Uh, and that comes in the pink and the white. There again, it's evergreen. Blooms a crazy long time. Yeah. Uh, very drought hardy, just an animal resistant. Yep. Speaking of javelina. Javelina, deer. deer, and elk. We have personal experience. <laughs> Will not eat a, a heath. And it looks like a heather, so it's yeah. like an alpine mm -hmm. knee-high shrub. It's mm -hmm. quite pretty. It's pretty without foldage. And without it flowers, ferny it's got this, it's got, it looks it. like a fern, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, definitely check those out because when we got a bunch, but when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, um, the lily of <laughs> can't talk, lily of the valley shrub, Pyaris. Uh, we got the uh, uh, flaming silver, which is the variegated kind Ready. of green and white, um, and then mountain fire, which is. Cool because the new foliage is always a real red color yeah. and you also get really nice fall color out yeah. of that one as well. The blooms on them are white and hence they look like a lily of the valley bloom. Hence yeah. the name for the shrub. Yeah. Uh, and fragrant Whatever too, green. right? Super yeah. fragrant. Mm -hmm. More shaded. It'll take some sun, but it right. takes, uh, in June Likes it needs shade. some some shade. Yeah. Blooms for a long time in the shade, like mm -hmm. crazy long. I would say morning sun, afternoon, late afternoon is fine, but yeah, it'd be good. But a lot of these that you're mentioning, we have you know a hundred that hit hit the dock, hit that are here, and then they'll be here for a while. But when everyone gets the bug to garden, they all hit the garden at once. Right, they're gone like in two weekends, just mm -hmm. like that. So all of a sudden, so I'm going to move along really quick, yeah, just because we're out of time. Um, gardenias, we've got two different variety of gardenia in. Another one, when we've got it, we've got it. Uh, lots of roadies and azaleas. They're getting kind of more shadies, but um, beautiful out in the yard. But some things I want to hit on real quick. We're getting an apple twist. So this is Ooh, a neat. honey crisp and a honey gold apple that are braided, uh, grown nice. in the same pot, but braided. Really cool. And that way they pollinate each other and yeah. off you go. Uh, we're actually getting some rainier cherries, which have been brutal to find yeah, lately. For a couple of years. So you know. we're getting lots of rainiers in. So check those out. We're getting a Romeo and Juliet cherry. They're again grown in the same pot. That's a dwarf cherry. Oh, that's, we've never had those. That's right. interesting. So they're grown in the same pot together, not braided, but grown together. So yeah. they pollinate each other. Nice dwarf. And then we're getting a fruit cocktail tree. So it has 
five different varieties of fruit, types of fruit. So apricot, nectarine, cherry, mm. peach, and something Nectar else. Yeah. So they'll all be Any on, fruits. they're grafted onto a single trunk. And so we, we just ran out and of time. I, talk I know so you fast, got some I got more. it done. That's good that you got <laughs> lots of new things coming in. Exciting, yeah. brand new 2023. Things just off the truck. Mm -hmm. You can plant right now. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. We believe searching Waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodor Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now this week's garden column, each week I write a garden column and I send it out and it's timely. It's for this region of Arizona. It's not for the other parts of the country. I mean, it could apply, but it's really written for us. It's difficult to find good garden resources for the mountains of Arizona. Everything's written for the valley, so all of our media feeds are out of Phoenix, Tucson. Uh, U of A is our ag extension office. It just uh, We're getting heavy influence from the deserts, and that does not apply for the mountains of Arizona. Okay, well, what does? We're zone 6, 7, maybe you folks at the high elevation, zone 5. We need plants that can go down to 0 even even sub-zero degrees at the higher elevation. Well, those are going to be plants like you'll find in, let's say, the Midwest or the East Coast. Those are all zone sixes, but they don't have the dryness that we have. They don't have the alkaline water. They don't have the wind. Most places don't know what wind is, uh, much less a wind shear or caliche. You've never heard that word until you moved to the Southwest. Unique. We're just unique. So if you're tuning in, to HGTV or Fine Garden Magazine, those folks, they're reading that and, and they're publishing that information. They're producing that, that show for the East Coast. There's not enough of us that live here in Northern Arizona to even bother with, quite honestly. Uh, they, they're, they're producing for the millions of people that go from D.C. to Boston over to Chicago. That's where that garden information is written for. Some of it applies but not all of it. And so I write this column to, to help us 
get our timing right? When should we be doing certain things? This week it was on how to read a seed, just a seed packet, something really simple, I, I realize. And some of you old timers, you go, oh, yeah, I've done that for years. I know exactly what I'm doing. But we have a lot of folks that are new to the area or new to gardening that have never read a seed packet. And it's, it, we take it for granted. So I went, you know, there's a lot of good information. What are some things that, that this gardener, right? Hi, my name's Ken. I'm your friend. I'm your neighbor that, that we're just leaning over the fence and we're chatting gardening. What are some things that I'm looking at or what are, how do, how do I look at garden information through the lenses of, of this gardener? And I thought, you know, that could be a valuable, a valuable lesson. Very easy that we take for granted. So let me just share some of that. Your seed packets, the most important thing. I would say, look on the back, check the date. Freshness. Freshness is everything when it comes to seed. As that seed becomes a year old, two years old, five years old, it loses vitality. If it's exposed to any amount of weather, uh, if it's too sunlight, too cold, too heat, any kind of extreme, it loses vitality. So you really want to place, you want to buy your seed from a place that really cranks through a lot of seed. And they're reordering often, like every single week, they get fresh seed coming in. You don't want seed exposed outdoors or to a warehouse where it, it just gets real cold or real warm. You want it to be even. You want the temperatures to be even. And the freshness, you want them to be tested within the last nine months. So that's the secret. Or if it has an expiration date, best planted by, if it says last year, or it doesn't have that at all, don't buy that. You're going to be spending energy and time on something that you won't have success. And you'll be going, oh, my thumbs, they're so brown, it's my fault. its I'm telling you, it's not your fault. A lot of times you were sold a bill of goods that you shouldn't have been sold. You were giving a fail. You failed because you were given the wrong seed, you were at the wrong time, you didn't have the right info. If we get the right information and get get the right product, you, you're doubled down. You have twice the success rate that your neighbor might have just because you know what to look for. So watch for the seed first and foremost. Freshness is everything, especially if you're buying seed online. This is really critical to really verify this and send it back. If you get it in and it doesn't have what if it doesn't have a, a stamp on it or tell you when it's what the fresh date was, send that thing back. Don't waste your energy on it. The front of the package is going to have some of your most important things, and everyone's mesmerized by the front. You know, the blooms, sun, full sun, not so full sun, how big it gets, days until harvest. Okay, those are the basics. You need those. Our average last frost date in the mountains of Arizona, I would say for most of us, is going to be that first week in May. Okay, you folks listening up in Williams, Flagstaff, some of your White Mountain folks, maybe you're middle of May to end of May. But most of us, you folks down in Sedona, Camp Verde, maybe you're the end of April. But basically, if you look at the first week, ah, it's close. That's going to help you know when to sow it, when to start it indoors or outdoors. The back of the package will tell you this. It'll also tell you the depth that you want to sow the seed, the spacing, how many days until it emerges, how many days you need to thin it, when do you thin it, or what 
what stage is that seedling at as you start to thumb prune the weaklings out of the way, if you even need to do that. I think one of the most important things is GMO or not. So it should be stamped. All of our seed here is non-GMO, genetically modified organisms. They are not genetically altered. They are pure to their seed. So you want that organic or not. Check Those are kinds of things you want to check out on your dates, on your package. Now, what's the difference between genetically modified or hybrid? Now, hybrid is where that's what plants do all along. That's what they've been doing since their creation. They cross-pollinate each other. And so that's I'm okay with hybrids. I just don't want my stuff man. Man, man has actually altered the DNA of that plant so that they can come down and spray Roundup all over it. So everything dies except for that plant. And it's, it is not affected by Roundup, but everything else is. It's the agricultural, the commercial guys are doing that. They love that. So you have a crop duster come down and just death and decay every place except for that altered plant. And they actually change the DNA of that plant so they can have increased production, increased bushels per, per acre, or however they're measuring that. You don't want to plant that in your own yard. In fact, there many of us, the reason I plant uh, vegetables in the backyard is so that I can get away from that genetically modified stuff. Organic or not organic, uh, I, I think there's a way to handle your seed so it's not exposed to tainted type of, of non-organic kind of sprays and stuff. There's ways to do that. Or is it treated to keep a, a longer shelf life. Sometimes they'll, they'll dip the seed so it lasts longer on the shelf. You don't want those types of seed that you're planting. The reason you're going out of your way is so that the, you can have an organic solution that's not genetically modified. It's fresher. It tastes better. Uh, I, I love the golden delicious apples. That's my favorite apple. They are absolutely disgusting out of the grocery stores. They pick them so early that they, they, they ripen in the box and they don't have that last week or two to take in all those nutrients and sugars, but freshly picked off the tree. Oh, my mouth's watering just now thinking about a fresh, golden, delicious apple. Oh, the best sauce, the best drying for leathers, the best fresh off the tree, and it produces heavily. In northern Arizona, it's one of the last trees to blossom in the mountains. And so it gets out of that frost state. Or if it does get a frost, like we've had earlier this week, it has so many buds. It just seems to be buds left in reserve for those types of plants. I'd say all delicious varieties. There's red delicious, golds, yellow delicious. They're all basically really good. But I really, this gardener loves golden delicious apples. And you just can't buy a good one in the store. You need to grow it yourself if you're going to have a really delicious one and ensure that it's not tainted, sprayed, dipped, waxed, or, or otherwise. I think that's why that's why you've tuned in. You like to think of gardening and growing your own and having your own whatever. We want to help you get the right seed, in this case, for your gardens. I think it's time to start planting many of this stuff too. Radishes can go in the ground. Flowering nasturtiums, sweet peas, they can all go in the ground. Your wildflower seeds, they need to get in the ground right away. Storm or no storm, they need to get started. Uh, I think it's important. So you need to get those soils ready 
and the seed sown on many of these crops. So we've got more for you, but got to take a break. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. At Waters Garden Center, you've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I would say March is the start of our planting season for the mountains of Arizona. So this is when you start to put in your fruit trees, your lilacs for Scythia. And we always host, so uh, spring is in two weeks. So we have our 61st Spring Open House of Waters Garden Center. So we started spring of 1962. Now, obviously, I did not start that. My father-in-law did back in the day. And so he just started a tradition. It does two things for us, Spring Open House. It forces us to get out of our winter mode, which is kind of a slow, just kind of sip more tea, watch it snow, do a little bit of pruning, clean things up. Uh, but now we actually are filled up. We're ready to go. We've hired our staff. There's lots of people are all over the place. We're just waiting for the weather to turn and just take off. So it forces us to get our act together so that we are in tune with, we're just ready for spring. The plants are ready. The people are ready. We hire three or four weeks ago uh, to be, so they, so our staff has time to learn the products, lots of training going on. Like last Monday, or this coming, this last Monday, we had our, uh, we onboard everyone all at once. It's kind of fun. Everyone comes in, no one, everyone feels awkward. They don't know what's going on. And we teach them how to use the radio, how to, kind of all the stuff, but you're doing it together. So it creates this camaraderie, this teamwork. It's kind of fun. This next weekend, that's the uh, 10th, 11th, 12th, we have our spring open house. So we'll start with classes. We're introducing new products, new, new uh, plants then, and the growers that grew those. They're here, mainly on Saturday. I think I've got a couple on Sunday. I've got one that couldn't make it. He's coming next weekend, the 18th. Uh, but these are the folks that they, they live and die plants. And they're going to be here at the garden center. I just call them friends. But you can meet them. You can talk. I mean, you can go as nerdy on plants as you want. Just go, just go deep on them. And they'll eat that up. They love it. And they're introducing their plants. I give them the, the class on Saturday, 9.30, uh, next week. So this week it's on, uh, um, what is it on? The spring to-do list. So what are the things you need to knock out right away, like now? By the end of March, what are the things you need to get done? Next week, the 11th, it's on uh, just, I give it to them. So I never know how it's going to go. I kind of 
curate it and kind of keep them going because some of these guys go really deep once they get a microphone they're going I, I could tell you how we developed this how we grafted had these certain strains came back and voila magic happened and now we introduce this plant they can go deep into this but i got to give time to everyone so there's probably 10 different growers here next week it's super fun there'll be hot dogs it'll be a great time the week after that because we are we are into the planting season I'm going to teach a class on this is how you plant in the mountains of Arizona. Here's how you deal with caliche. Here's how you deal with, with crushed granite. Here's how you deal with windy spots, sunny spots, shady spots. But just how do you plant? And some landscape techniques. So kind of this is an, an insider's gardener tip on how to do it right so you have more success. After that, uh, we're going over to peonies. So how do you grow better peonies? Take a look at all of those classes. They're online. They're free of charge. We just want you to be a better gardener. We want you to have more success. So here at Waters Garden Center, we're not we're not selling plants. We're selling garden success. And so if you there's nothing more painful than paying thirty bucks for a plant and watching it slowly die over three months. That's that's horrible. It rips my heart out. I can't take it. It's like watching puppy dogs die in their kennel. That's not right. We want you to be successful. So all those classes are online at watersgardencenter.com. You'll see a big, big garden button right there. Come to the ones you want. Bring a friend. We love seeing them. Goes into lilacs, how to grow vegetables and herbs, and on and on. That's it for this week. Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Come please visit. Say hi. Waters Garden Companion Plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heaths, Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more. Or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.